0: Welcome to another episode of Relationship Rewire, where we talk about what's right and what's wrong with relationships and marriage in our world today. This episode is titled Seven Straight Days of Sex, and our guests are Elisa and Tony DiLorenzo. Well, okay, welcome to another episode of Relationship Rewire, and um, today's episode, I think you're going to find it Uh, Pretty fascinating. It may be challenging, uh, probably exciting, pretty interesting. Uh, Well, you'll see. You'll see. Um, My guests today are Tony and Elisa DiLorenzo. They're out in the San Diego area, correct?
1: Correct. Yeah.
0: They have a uh, podcast that they've been, how long have you been putting out One Extraordinary Marriage now?
1: So we've been doing the show for seven and a half years now.
0: Seven and a half years. Now yep. I heard somewhere—I uh, can't remember where—that it's one of the top marriage podcasts on on iTunes. Yep. Or
1: yep, we are. Yeah, we're one of the number one. We've been the number one marriage podcast at times, and then we'll we'll sit between the you know the one and three spot most of the time.
0: All right. Well, that's that's pretty huge. I don't know if I'm even on the top one hundred list, but I've only been going since September, and it's it does it is amazing how. Uh, just in in less than a year, it's it grows so. Well, um, so one extraordinary marriage podcast, and also, Alisa, uh, you have a um, uh, Facebook live show. Is that what? That's you correct.
2: Mean? It's called and Going Deeper.
0: Going Deeper, and mm-hmm. I should mention that uh, we, Alisa, and I recorded for that. And yep. that, when is that one? The am one coming up?
2: That'll be in the next uh, next couple of weeks.
0: Okay, so. We'll let our listeners know when that comes up. But you want to check out Going Deeper uh, on Facebook, Facebook Live, and also One Extraordinary Marriage. And you can get that from uh, iTunes, uh, other servers, I'm I'm sure, as well.
1: Yeah, you can go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com, click the podcast tab. But, yeah, iTunes, Stitcher, gosh, whatever, Intune, wherever you can get your podcast, you'll find it.
0: Okay, great, great. Well, uh, tell me a little bit about your story. What got you started doing, uh, deciding, hey, let's let's start a marriage podcast?
2: Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's actually kind of a funny story because we, we've been married almost 21 years. It'll be 21 years in October. And around year 11, we weren't doing so hot. Our kids were two and five at the time. Mm-hmm. And our relationship, we'd kind of fallen into this whole roommate syndrome where – we were coexisting. And, you know, Tony gets this harebrained idea that we should do a sex challenge. And I'm like, "Mm, no, (laughs) you gotta be kidding me. Um,
1: let me, let me set the stage a little bit here too. Okay. We were were lying in bed and we, and I was, and I was frustrated at this point in, in time in our marriage. Um, I had felt that most of the attention be it. So, I mean, we had little kids was really just on the kids. Everything that we were doing in our marriage revolved around our kids. And this had been going on for five years at this point in time. And I, and I was frustrated. I wanted my wife back. I wanted to grow a relationship. I got married and I said, I do with Elisa, not Elisa and my kids. And so I, I wanted to rekindle that love that we had early on
0: yeah I can't so, tell you how often I hear this especially from husbands
1: yeah sure? and I just want to I want to just be I want it to be us and I, it doesn't mean that I don't love my kids it doesn't mean I, I want I don't want good for them it's just I want to grow this relationship with Elisa and so we're lying in bed and we happened to be watching some show earlier uh, a friends of ours were on TV here locally in San Diego well after that came up a couple who they had had sex for 365 days. Let me, let me correct that a little bit. The wife had gifted her husband for his 40th birthday, 365 days of sex. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too, dude. I'm like, I'm like watching that's, this. I'm
0: that's, like, a, that's Guinness book of world record.
2: Kind of stuff. Well, they don't actually disclose in their book how many, <laughs> many of those days. 300 days.
1: Okay. <laughs> that was the gift. That's and the so, gift.
0: Okay. So, so, so kind of like that envelope full of. Um IOUs you, your kids give you
2: for uh, exactly. Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> and so my mind, starts, good, good my, intentions. my mind starts
1: working. I'm going, hmm, huh, 365 days of sex. All right. You know, and I'm and I'm thinking, and I can sometimes be a big thinker. And and so <laughs> Elisa goes off and just starts reading and and I'm sitting there him and high I'm reading in bed as well. And then finally I get the courage enough to go, Hey Elisa, why don't why don't we have a sixty days of sex challenge? I mean, look at here's this couple. This wife just gifted her hundred husband 365 days. I'm like, I'm cutting 305 days off. Let's go for 60 days, two months. It shouldn't be any problem at
0: all. Okay, I I can't even imagine Joanna's reaction to me (laughs) saying, "Let's do a six day challenge." Yeah,
2: well, and you know, the podcast. I mean, it ties all in, but the podcast, like so many things that we do in life, comes from a place of pain right? And so we were at this place in our marriage where uh, if we'd had sex six times in the last six months, it was probably at that point in time, a major miracle, Mm -hmm. right? We weren't having sex. And so when Tony throws out this challenge, I'm thinking, I have two little kids who, you know, I'm in the throes of raising children. Like, when do you think we're going to have time between running businesses and stuff like this? Or energy. Or energy. (laughs) energy, You know, and so I immediately, I'm like, no. And just to, you know, put an exclamation point on it, I went and put one of those fabulous green facial masks on. <laughs> so he would not even think he was getting sex that night. I'm like, this is, this is a no-go. Right. Um,
1: I remember that night.
2: Oh, it was, yeah, it was like, do you stay on your side of the bed? Don't come near me. And then the next day, uh, I'm in our garage with a basket full of laundry and I really have this God moment where, you know, I, I have this sense that if I'm not even willing to try 11 years into my marriage, if I'm not willing to, you know, at least attempt this, right? We had no idea what it was going to look like, but if I wasn't willing to attempt, then how would, how could I even put faith in the future of my marriage, right? Because I wasn't willing to try. And so Tony comes home and I just, like, I'm all lovey dovey and I'm like, okay, babe, we'll do it. And he gets this deer in the headlights look of, (laughs) what are you saying yes to?
1: Right. Because I had already moved on the night before, she said no. Having experienced rejection multiple times throughout our marriage, I, at that point, I, I, the way I would I would protect myself was I would try to forget that moment as quickly as I could possibly could mm. and just move on. And so when she brings it up, I was like, what are you saying yes to? Like, I probably have thrown out three or four things in, in the last, you know, this morning, and so when she said, I want to do the 60 days of sex challenge, then I really got the deer in the headlights because as a guy, I was like, oh my gosh, how am I gonna do this for sixty days? Because I was at a point of am I really gonna be able to pull this off? Like, what does this look like? And and then we we did. We 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 made a we we went after this. We we really chose at that point in time to go, this is it. This is gonna be the line in the sand for our marriage that we're going to talk about for years and years to come. And we did. We ended up doing 40 out of those 60 days. We had some stipulations that we had set up if, if one of us was traveling due to work or other obligations. Illness. Illness was the second and third um, time of the month. And so between yeah. those three deals, we ended up doing 40 out of 60 days. And I think our longest, if I can recall, was 11 days straight.
2: Yeah, nine.
1: Nine, okay.
2: Nine.
0: nine. yeah, well, that's that would probably double most people's records.
2: <laughs> well, and uh, that was the thing. and and from there, you know, we had been leading a small group at the time at our church, uh, and we had shared with them, and then you know, the church was getting ready for its annual marriage retreat the following summer. And they asked us to speak on it. And, yeah, so we're sharing right before everybody's got date night. You know, you do marriage intensives, you know, this type of thing. There's usually some time where you're, like, encouraging the couples to go off. And so we speak right before date night and all the guys are like, dude, what, like, how'd you get your wife to do that? And all the women are looking at me like, you've just ruined date night, right? Like, what are we going to, like, I don't want to talk about 60 days of sex with my husband on date night at a marriage (laughs) retreat. This is awful. But it was the next day that um, the pastors came up to us and said, you know, there's a buzz going on about what you guys did. What's next? Mm -hmm. And it was probably about a year later that the What's Next became the One Extraordinary Marriage show. That's when we started podcasting.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay, I have so many questions. But um, one big question is, Okay. In, in in what you said, Tony, you know, I can imagine somebody bringing this up to their spouse and, and uh, a lot of people are not going to get a day later, their spouse come back and say, okay, let's do it. Right. Um, so how would you, uh, how would you, what would you recommend to couples about how to approach this in the first place? How do you bring it up?
1: Yeah. And in, in, in having talked through our show a lot now and what we learned even through the 60 Days of Sex Challenge, the bigger issue is our emotional intimacy, right? It's our communication. How are we communicating with our spouse? Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned that through our 60 Days of Sex Challenge and through the, the seven days of sex challenges that we've done ever since. Um, it's all about communication, right? It's, it's digging in more. I think most of the time what ends up happening in in our marriage, myself included, I started shutting down. I wasn't uh, engaged with Elisa's life other than day-to-day tasks. Now that's much different. Now it's being intentional about talking about what's happening in our marriage or what's happening in our lives. Um, we do, uh, a thing called coffee breaks at time. We have our six questions that allows us to open up and talk. So it's really looking at our emotional intimacy first and being able to be at a place where you're like, okay, we're we're at a good spot and you're able to even talk about sex. So many couples are so afraid to even talk about and even mention that word sex that it shuts them down. Okay, so
0: so it sounds like it, it's not just, okay, uh, and we're going to talk more about this, the seven days challenge. You, you, guys, you guys start off with 60 days, and, and you kind of recommend, I think, or do you recommend starting off with a seven-day challenge?
2: We definitely recommend starting off with the seven days. Uh, okay. We've only done one sixty-day challenge in the last nine years, um, but we've done probably seven or eight, eight seven days. It's it's a little bit easier. It's, you know, I tell everyone like when I'm speaking at events and stuff, I'm like, you can do anything for seven days. You can give up chocolate. You can exercise. And yes, you can even have sex with your spouse. Right. Uh, <laughs> and it's more manageable and, and just easier to swallow. Yeah. Um. Then the time frame you can months. look
1: at. You can look at a week much easier than you can look at two months.
0: Sure, sure. Well, so okay, but I'm still imagining, and and I think you've kind of implied in in in, in your answer a minute ago. But I want to dig a little bit more. Yeah. That it's not just okay. It's time. This is our time we set for, and it's day three. Let's go. Uh, there's there's also you said some questions that you t- that you talk about mm-hmm. every every day too. Your is that an everyday thing? It's, it's
1: not an everyday thing. Um, we have one. We have a. Uh, a sheet that we share with folks on the one show it's called 19 quick questions to amazing sex. Um, and if your listeners want to grab it, it's a, fr- it's a freebie. Go gra- go to one extraordinary marriage.com slash 19 questions. Okay. And this is, this is honestly just 19 questions about sex you yeah. and your spouse. Yeah. And it's really opening up the floodgates to learn what they like, what they don't like, what you like, what you don't like, what turns you on, what doesn't turn you on. Um, yeah. And these are the things that we really share on our show to help people realize like, this doesn't have to be a topic that isn't talked about. The mm-hmm. reason I think a lot of people, and even Lisa and I, at, when we started the 60 days of sex, the reason it she probably turned it down more than anything is one, we weren't emotionally connected. And two, we didn't even talk about our sex life up until that point. 11 mm-hmm. years into our marriage, it was more like, okay, this is what we do because...
2: That's how we do it. That's I mean, how it we do just- it. It was mm-hmm. just habit. This is yeah. how we do it.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So many good songs come out. <laughs> exactly. Well, okay, because you know what, uh, what I've got to thinking uh, with this, and I, I harp on this quite often with couples, but you know, uh, I think that um, it just, uh, I, I can't think of a couple that I've worked with where this isn't the case that we're talking about intimacy. Mm-hmm. And, um, in our culture, most people just intimacy is interchangeable for sex. And, and I think with you guys, it would obviously you would say, no, that's not all there is to in- intimacy. Uh, but that, right. so, um, it's, it's almost in all couples that i work worked with that, uh, one, one spouse prefers achieving intimacy through sex. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's the, the most comfortable Avenue for them. And the other one, uh, it's easier for them to achieve intimacy, more comfortable, more desirable through conversation. Mm -hmm. And um, so I I think what happens a lot of times is you get a lot, the the one, the spouse who is, um, who prefers the sex Avenue is going, you know, I feel so distant. You're not, you know, you don't initiate sex. And when I do half the time, you turn me down. Mm -hmm. And the other, the other spouse may be feeling guilty, but they're, they don't know how to express, well, yeah, but I prefer conversation. And when I say let's talk, you run like a, a scared chicken, you know. Right. And, Been there. Yeah. And so um, uh, that, that that conversation, I think, you know, maybe there should be also in, implied in that a, a seven days of conversation safe conversation, you know, included. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, I, what you've just described there, I often talk with my coaching clients, it's like that whole chicken and the egg scenario, Mm -hmm. right? Something's got to come first. And it's really for both partners looking at their marriage and saying, you know what, on the day that we said, I do, right, going all the way back to that day, it's recognizing that your spouse is a gift, Mm -hmm. right? It's the most precious gift that you could ever receive. And so how... If you look at your spouse as a gift, how would you treat that gift? You would cherish it, you would nurture it, you would serve it, you would do all of these amazing things. Well, if that's the case, then if your spouse needs conversation to feel intimate, let's do it. If your spouse needs sex or that physical connection, then do that. Because when both spouses get to a place where they say, and, um, was it the the Intimacy Ignited book with Dillo and Pintus that talked about being servant lovers? Mm-hmm. So that was a book. That was actually the book that kind of launched us into doing all kinds of amazing things. Uh, Intimacy Ignited, but there was a phrase in there that referred to being a servant lover,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and a servant lover puts the needs of their spouse ahead of their own, because, like in our case, you know, Tony tends to be that more, you know, sexually um, high desire. Right. That's how he feels connected. And so if I recognize that then me choosing to be sexually intimate with Tony, that's being a servant lover. Tony knows that I have a certain amount of words that I have to get through in any given day before I'm like, okay, let's have sex. And so he will sit there patiently, most of the time awake and listen to (laughs) Right. Sometimes it's yeah. just kind of like, okay, honey, I am starting to fall asleep. So if we're gonna have sex tonight, like, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta run. To you.
1: Let's get it. But we learned this over the sixty days of sex challenge, John. Mm-hmm. Honestly, this yeah. is where, as a husband, I began to realize this because I looked at sex just as Elisa is explaining is it, just like, that's where I get my connection, and that's what you said as well. And yet I didn't put the two together. I didn't put the emotional intimacy part of that for her need so that her needs are met so that way she can enjoy sexual intimacy. Mm-hmm. And so when we were doing the 60 days of sex challenge, it was like a, an aha moment of God just going, be in her presence and just listen to her. Don't open your mouth. Just listen to her. And she would, she would talk and she would talk. And, and like she said, there were times when, it, especially during the 60 days of sex challenge where I was just like, honey, we said we were going to have sex once a day. And it's like 1150. Uh, p.m. and I'm about to fall asleep and we do need to finish before you know our thing was like as long as we started before we were good but it was just like all right we gotta finish but it took me those 60 days of being intentional in my marriage that really started to open up okay it's more than just sex everybody goes oh it's sex no it's not it's way more than just sex your emotional intimacy gets challenged your spiritual intimacy gets challenged you get into your financial intimacy because you're talking even over a course of seven days, you know, you start discussing these areas of your life um, that really bring it all together where the sex becomes amazing Mm -hmm. because you're really hitting on every single area that every intimacy I should say where you said before people say intimacy they say sex, I disagree. Intimacy is all those areas pulled into one.
0: As a marriage and family therapist in private practice, I quickly discovered that, for most situations, therapy wasn't what most of the couples needed as a first step. After some time of researching why this was so, I discovered that many of the top experts, such as Gary Smalley, John Gottman, and Willard Harley, had discovered the same thing. As counselors and therapists themselves, they had learned that, for most who seek out marriage counseling, the best first step is often not to start with counseling although for many it is often the best second or third step like me at that point you may be wondering to yourself why this is so isn't this what everybody in our culture tells us to do when we're having marital problems go get counseling there are too many factors that contribute to this phenomenon that make it too big to explain in more than a few minutes but a study by the Gottman institute at the university of washington showed that when couples start with marriage counseling or therapy, within 24 months, only 17% of them will still be married to each other. I don't know about you, but I would not elect for any medical treatment that said there's an 83% chance of death. Over the past 12 years, I have conducted over 100 marriage intensive workshops. The reason I started doing them in the first place is because they held a promise of a much higher success rate. In fact, two separate studies have concluded that at least 70% of the couples who have attended these workshops are still married. So you see, the results of starting with counseling versus starting with a reputable intensive are overwhelmingly at polar ends of the success spectrum. I still believe in counseling. At any given time, I'm working with numerous couples in a one-on-two counseling type setting. However, these are either premarital couples or couples who have already been through our Love Reboot, a marriage intensive workshop. So if you have an okay marriage that you would like to be wonderful, if you have a stagnant marriage that seems to be more and more like two people just sharing a roof and bills, if you have recently been separated or considered separation, or either of you have suggested separation, if either one of you has considered or suggested divorce, if there's been a recent affair or maybe you're just one of those many who has tried all sorts of approaches to growing your marriage but none of them seems to have a lasting positive effect if any of these applies get to the next love reboot weekend that you can possibly put on your calendar i say possibly instead of conveniently because we have seen so many couples who know they need it but can't seem to find a convenient time to make it happen suddenly realize that they've come to the point where it's too late and one or both spouses is no longer willing to try. I don't know about you, but it is never convenient for me to set aside three days for something that doesn't sound like a vacation. If I needed a heart transplant but waited until it was convenient to have the surgery, well, we all know where that goes. Love Reboot is the relational surgery that you know you can't put off any longer. So join the hundreds of marriages that were once eroding, failing, or headed for divorce, but are now experiencing a thriving, growing relationship with each other because of the new start that they got from attending a Love Reboot weekend. Find out where the next one is by going to our website, growinglovenetwork.org. Hello, this is Max Locato. You're listening to Relationship Rewire. Well, Lisa, kudos to you. I I, I think uh, most spouses, uh, if if they said, okay, I'm about to fall asleep here, finish up. (laughs) Well, you can imagine um, the tables being turned, you know, if you're in the middle of sex and your wife is saying, um,
2: What? And in the interest of
0: transparency, we can finish up.
2: In the yeah. interest of transparency, the early years of our marriage were like that,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh-huh. right? That we were, we had almost, and it sounds horrible to say this, but so that your listeners know this, we had made rejection in our marriage, almost an art form. Oh, yes. Right? yes. I would make those comments to Tony, like, are you done yet? Or how can we speed this up? Or he would be like, I'm not going to talk to you, right? You know, or I don't have time to talk or I don't want to talk tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, so we had done all of these things to really create a divide. in our marriage, this almost impenetrable wall. And so for us to get to a point where we're like, all right, we're going to focus on this for 60 days. We have no idea. We had no idea when we started that this was going to be that, that pivot point, not just in our marriage, but in our lives and our children's lives. And because the one family has grown so exponentially, you know, in thousands and hundreds hundreds of thousands of people's lives, Mm -hmm. but it was making that decision. We're going to, we're going to commit to doing something that we hadn't done before and we're going to do it together.
0: Yeah, so so the commitment part of it is what pushes you through uh, pulling out a lot of those things that had been swept under the rug for
1: years and years. Mhm. Yeah. We finally got on the same page, John. Like we had a goal together as a couple. And it wasn't about like some goal about, oh, we got to clean up the house or the yard or something of that nature, but we had a goal as a couple to do something extraordinary and our commitment to one another, we believed in it and we knew it was, it was almost like a last ditch effort. We were like, if this doesn't work, we're, we're most likely just hanging out together until the kids graduate from high school. And then we're done yeah. or we're going to get a divorce, you know, because we just felt like that was, it was our, our marriage was just in a place that it was stale. It was, it was a place of frustration for both of us.
0: Yeah. Well, okay, so I think I've got a better idea about, or a little bit better idea about why to do this, why to try the seven day sex challenge. But um, is there any anybody you would recommend not doing it? Well, I mean, uh, uh, apart from not married, you know. (laughs) Right, you're
2: you're not married. That's a no go. (laughs) Put a ring on it, get a date, and have the party. Then go for it. Um, We have a lot of couples that do this on their honeymoon. but really, you know, a couple that's in crisis, you know, it, it's, not, it's not a Band-Aid approach, mm-hmm. right? It, you can't slap a seven days of sex challenge on your marriage and be like, whew, we're all better. Because if you've got all of these deep underlying problems that are driving you farther and farther apart, that's why Tony talked about the emotional intimacy. You've got to be working on your conversations on really hearing and understanding your partner's heart. Mm-hmm. Before, I mean, we've had lots of people like, you know, we're about to get divorced. What do you think about the seven days of sex challenge? I'm like, please don't. You, yeah. One, you won't get through it. You're
0: just right. adding more pressure. And they, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and sure. you're adding pressure. You know, it's. I mean, we've had so many amazing stories come across over the years. Like there was one gal who was suffering from postpartum depression, mm-hmm. and she had heard about the seven days of sex challenge, and she's like that's not my answer. She'd been praying. She's like, that's not my answer. Ignore it. And then it kept coming up. It kept coming up. It kept coming up. And finally, she embarked on the seven days of sex challenge. Didn't tell her husband, which is like crazy to me that you wouldn't include him on this, but she just said, I'm going to just try every day to have sex with him. Hmm. I think the baby was probably six or nine months old. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And we actually, at the end of the seven days of sex challenge, got a letter in the mail from her husband because what had happened was, is that over the course of that seven days, she just kept trying to engage with him every day. She kept showing up. She kept saying, you know, what? we're going to do this. We're going to have sex. And at the end of the seven days, he had his wife back. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was like a two-page letter just talking about what had transformed because she chose to get re-engaged in the marriage Mm -hmm. because it wasn't just about sex. The, The seven days of sex challenge was her tool but it was the fact that all of a sudden she was choosing to be in the same room with him. She was choosing to have conversation with him. She was choosing to you know, make their marriage a priority.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So um, it, for some people, it might be better to take that approach to not ask, Hey, can we do this? But to just offer it, mm-hmm. especially, especially if you're the one, uh, I would think that would work better for the one who doesn't have the, 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 person who has the lower libido would be the asker, not the person with the higher libido
2: necessarily. Correct. <laughs> and okay. that's an important distinction. That, that okay.
1: is it. And I, I was thinking, you, you said other, you know, who shouldn't be, uh, those who have gone probably through a traumatic event and are looking to this, at this as being like the Holy grail. You probably need healing and you probably need to go see, pro- seek professional help mm-hmm. first. Um, you know, don't use a seven days of sex challenges. Well, if I do this for you, then you're going to quit drinking, smoking, doing drugs. You know, this isn't a, this isn't something that you're using to uh, use as leverage. Like, Oh, I'll do this for you, but you're going to have to do this. Um, I mean, this is a, this is a, this is a challenge where you're working on your marriage together. Like it's, it, a,
0: it's a gift that you give mm-hmm. not each other. Not a, yeah. Yeah.
1: We're not using it as a as a, a card to hold up to go, well, I did the seven days of, you know, two months later you get in an argument, well, I did the seven days of sex challenge for you, but you haven't stopped smoking and, you know, that yeah. was our agreement. Yeah,
0: sure. That makes sense. You well, know. Are there some other, are there some other uh, do's and don'ts about how to approach your spouse with this?
2: Well, it's definitely like one of the things that we tell our couples and our listeners is that, You can be much more successful talking about sex if you aren't having those conversations in bed. Because a lot of couples are like, okay, well, where do we, you know, like we only talk about sex if we talk about sex in the bedroom. And for so many couples, there's a lot of emotional weight.
1: There's a charge in the bedroom.
2: Wrapped up around the bedroom because there's been rejection. Mm -hmm. There's been um, disappointment. There's been all of these negative emotions that are wrapped up around sex in the bedroom. So we often encourage couples, you know, if you're going to approach your spouse, about the seven days of sex challenge, go out for a walk, go sit in a park, be out in nature, go to the beach, do it someplace where you're not, you know, sitting there going, okay, well, now we're in bed. Mm -hmm. Let's, um, so I had this idea. I heard about these, this crazy sex challenge and that person's going just like I did all those years ago with the 60 days of sex challenge, like no way, no how, not going to happen. Instead, you know, find an opportunity where the two of you are out walking. That's another, um, tip that we often give spouses don't do it when you're sitting across the table from each other staring into each other's eyes <laughs> it's kind of like the whole you know don't stare at a dog because you can antagonize it we get that same <laughs> kind of fear confrontation response when mm-hmm. when our spouses say something to us and we're sitting across the table and we're like i don't yeah. know i don't know where to go
0: you feel cornered yeah, You, feel you cornered. Do. Yeah. great word so
2: if you're out and we have what we talk about is walk and talk so we'll just be out if we've got a big issue get out of the house. We have, you know, a middle schooler and a high schooler so that we can actually leave the house and leave them home. But we'll go out for a half hour walk and we'll just talk about these types of things. It's been a great, um, a great way for a lot of husbands and wives to bring up this topic. Um, Another way that we know a lot of folks bring it up is that we've done numerous shows on it. And so they'll forward one of the podcasts where we're talking about like, hey, I heard about this. What do you think? And when they hear somebody else explain it, it's little bit softer than just being like hey so the next seven days let's have sex every day and that person is like "Uh, no
1: they can listen to the show listen to it together discuss it and then they get an understanding of like oh okay this is what Tony and Elisa did and we can do that too Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah so and that helps them out a lot so it sounds
0: like a like a good approach would be to say something like Hey, you know, I heard about this. Maybe you want to listen to it. Maybe, or maybe it wouldn't be right for us, but maybe we should pray and uh, think about it and see if it would be right. Instead of, you know, kind of putting it out there, like, well, I think we need this. And uh, if you don't get on board, then you don't love me kind of thing.
2: Right. Because it's not a, it's not a question. I think for most couples, it's not a question of, you know, do I love you or don't I love you? It's a question of, what else is going on in our relationship that's preventing me from saying yes right away? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And there are a lot of couples though out there too, and, and and I wanna talk to them as well, is that you're in a good spot. You know, your marriage is your your marriage is great. You're do you're doing fine, but you're looking for something new and exciting to bring into your bedroom. And sure. that's just as good as well. I mean, Elisa and I, we talk about where we were at sixty days, but we've done eight of these seven days of sex challenges since. Our marriage has grown and we're at the best place we've ever been going into our 21st year of marriage. 7 days of sex challenge to us isn't like oh my gosh this no it's it's a way for us to reconnect, get get intentional about our sexual intimacy and just be her and I. So there are a lot of you out there who are just like hey man we want to try something new, we want to do a challenge and that is just as good. I mean we we still do them but we're in a different place, we're in a place where our marriage is doing totally fine. And when we're still doing it because we want to challenge ourselves yeah. and, and it's good to do that as well.
0: What, uh, what would you say to somebody um, who gets rejected on this? What, what, how, how do you handle if you bring it up in, in your spouse's thanks, but no thanks.
2: Well, the fact of the matter is, is that we know a lot of folks that get rejected when they bring this up. And, and that really, I think at that point in time is where, you know, a couple or that individual needs to look at the marriage as a whole and say, we probably need help here. Hmm. Right. It becomes that, that because rejection has gets so woven into the fabric of a marriage
0: right.
2: that people stop trying. Yeah. And when they, when they hear no often enough, and this was, this was the case in our own marriage. When you hear no often enough, you're just like, I'm not even going to ask anymore. I'm not going to engage. And, and yet that other person that's saying no, is often like I was, I did not realize until we did the 60 days of sex challenge how much I had rejected Tony over the years. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: You know, we did a show, one of our very, very early shows, we called it the McDonald's theory. And, and I likened Tony asking me to have sex to me going to McDonald's and them saying, do you want fries with that? (laughs) And, and some days, yeah, you know, I'll take the fries. And other days I'm like, no, I'm good. That, that was my perception of saying no to him. Yeah. But when we, when we were so intentional about our sexual intimacy for that period of time, I realized, I'm like, oh my goodness. Every time I've said no, every time I've been like, I'm too busy, I'm too tired, I just simply don't want to, I'm not feeling sexy, whatever.
0: Felt like rejection
2: he was getting chopped down like another inch yeah. and you do that over enough time. Like there's nothing left.
0: Mm-hmm. I think this is why it's so important to to talk about conversation again in this whole thing, you know, because yeah, that's what we don't understand that, how the other person is taking it. But uh, you know, I, I was just thinking if you're the, the spouse who is thinking, no, I, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if you said to your spouse, Hey, can we just sit and talk? And your spouse is like, ah, I'd rather watch this program. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that there's a similar feeling of rejection. There. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I, in fact, I was just working with a couple at one of our recent, uh, love reboots and and the wife said, you know, this sounds like this, this cycle that we're in. I, I, um, reject him in sex and he rejects me in conversation. Wow. And, and and she said, so how do I break that cycle? And it's like, the only part you can look at is what's your half of the cycle. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I would also flip that for, you know, well, if, if you're getting rejected sexually, um, what's your half of the cycle? Are you rejecting your spouse from that safe conversation mm-hmm. that, that, that they're so desperately craving? That yeah, makes absolutely. them feel connected.
2: Absolutely. And a lot of couples, because... Yeah, and I love that you use the word um, cycle, John. A lot of couples have gotten the cycle so ingrained; it's like a deep rut right. in their marriage, and you know that's where they need help getting out of the rut. Mm-hmm. You know, they need to go find a counselor or a coach to help break that cycle because, yeah. you know, it's like any dance that you do; you do it often enough, you just go on autopilot. Right. And so, it's having somebody, a third party, be able to come in and be like, "Okay, here's here's the dance that you're doing, and I know you kind of see it." But if you're going to, if you're going to learn a new dance, if you're going to learn new steps, we're going to have to, we're going to have to get you out of that routine.
0: Yeah. And I I would like to throw in on that is that for most, it it takes a really highly skilled, very experienced uh, therapist or counselor to do that with a couple to help. Um, For most couples starting off with counseling or therapy when they're, when they're feeling like their marriage is drifting apart or if it's gotten really bad especially starting off with counseling therapy uh is typically counterproductive because they they think well the, the they both have an idea of what the solution is in their mind and the solution is if the other person starts doing things differently mm-hmm. so they both show up to the counselor therapist with that thought i've got i've got to convince the counselor therapist what they need to do differently. And so there's this back and forth. Well, yeah, but he needs to do this well, but I would do that if she would. And, and then the, the, the counselor is stuck because if they rule in favor of either person, then they lose the other person. So that's why, um, why we started doing intensives is that um, most couples that I see the first time I see them, and I tell them this is just an assessment to figure mm-hmm. out if, if this and nine times out of 10, I will say, you know you need to start with an intensive to get you just to to break that cycle of just the focus on what the other person can do so just in case anybody's listening to that I hope mm-hmm. if you if you're listen if you're listening and you know that your marriage is is not is is shrinking rather than growing if it's not growing anywhere from not growing we call it stagnant although I don't believe in stagnant to uh no we're we're maybe Broken our last thread, then start with an, a, a reputable intensive before you. You'll, you'll likely get frustrated in counseling, but then as a follow up, um, then that's where I do most of my work—one on two with couples. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's a follow up to that. You know, mm-hmm. we've got them now to a place where they can hear that. Sorry, I, I just thought that was important to say. But okay, I, um, so back to the sex. When in that 60 days, or you went 40 times out of 60 days, or even just for somebody trying the seven day, uh, are you talking about intercourse every time, or does it
2: for us that that was the definition that we used? Okay, but just like we've talked throughout this conversation, the two of you need to define that, okay? Right? Because for some couples, medically, intercourse may not be possible, sure, for other couples, you know. They're looking at it and they're like, well, that's, that's what it means to us. And so I'm not going to be the one to define your sexual intimacy for you. It, it's so critical for every couple to sit down and, and open the door to that conversation mm-hmm. because then you know what that means. Because if one person is thinking, well, you know, any sexual contact that we have counts, and the other person is thinking, well, it's only, you know, intercourse or, you know, basically intercourse or bust, mm-hmm. then you're going to have you're going to have disconnect even when you're attempting the challenge. But if you sit down and say, okay, like, let's define this. It's like when Tony and I did the 60 days and we were saying, okay, what are those, what are those parameters that would prevent us from having sex? And it was travel. It was illness. Um, we had both of those. And obviously I got my period twice over the 60 days. So you have those parameters and you do that for the whole purpose of setting yourself up for success.
0: Right. Yes. And, I, and I'm thinking about couples, our age and above as well, where, um, you know, there's a lot of couples who, uh, well, when you're younger, I think that there's so that, that goal of orgasm is that, you know, Mm -hmm. Oh, we haven't even done it if we don't both orgasm. And if one doesn't, then, uh, the other one might feel like, Oh, you, you know, you didn't, I wasn't pleasing you. And, Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I think it's important too that, that for some couples, that you can in fact, I hear this a lot with older couples, you know senior citizens that 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 they have frequent sex, regular sex, and very often neither one of them orgasms yeah.
1: so
0: um yeah, just yeah. define it
1: if you, if if you're in the define that, what does that look like for you guys? I mean, God made each and every one of us individually made, we are all individually made, what Elise and I do in our marriages is what we've done. And we have shared with those on the, in the one family, it's between you and your spouse and God go define it, go make it work for you guys. But the, the ultimate goal is that you come out of it going, we did something together. Like we've mm-hmm. gone through stuff together, but we went into this, we, we knew what we wanted to achieve. We achieved it together. together. And I'll tell you, there are so many couples that come out of this in seven days that are just like, yes, <laughs> We did it and, and we have folks email us and we tell them, put in the subject line, we did it because we want to know what your success is and guess what? Not all of them are rosy. Not all of them are like, oh my gosh, we just went through this without a bliss or, or without a, a hiccup and no, there's people who are like, man, on the third day, I was just so tired. The kids went to bed late. They were crying all night. And yet this was a commitment we made to each other. So we did XYZ so that way we could be sexually intimate that day. And after that hiccup, it was that 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 push that I knew I needed to make it through the rest.
0: Mm-hmm. Next month will mark the first anniversary of Relationship Rewire. In our first 11 months, we had over 100,000 downloads of the podcast. If you would have told me a year ago that we would reach and help this many people, I would have been pretty skeptical. But relationship rewire is not all we do. In fact, most of the time and energy is spent directly with couples and spouses. About once a month, we conduct a 3-day intensive workshop for marriages called Love Reboot. Earlier this year, I completed my 100th marriage intensive. Thousands of marriages have been saved, and numerous families are still intact and now thriving as a result. We've also developed a marriage course that is taken by thousands of couples, individuals, and engaged couples, called Growing Love. Growing Love is so affected that the state of Texas has designated it as a Together in Texas course. Engaged couples who complete the course don't have to pay the state marriage license fee. We've also trained more than 100 couples to facilitate and lead effective marriage courses. We began Growing Love Network because we saw two big things that were lacking in the marriage help world. First of all, most approaches to marriage help are not effective. Even though they may be interesting and provide good information, they often leave people with little more than a few ideas and tools which they now expect the other spouse to be better at practicing. This new raised bar of expectations now only leads to further frustration and resentment. Growing Love Network is revolutionizing the way marriage help is done by working on the hearts and minds of the individual spouse, helping each spouse to focus on what they themselves can do rather than trying to change each other. This is one reason why our success rates are so much higher than other traditional approaches. Also. We began growing Love Network on a model that makes it available to anyone, regardless of ability to pay. For example, other effective marriage intensives start out at over $2,000, and most are 3500 and above, with no scholarship assistance available for those who cannot afford it. Love Reboot is less than half their price, and about half of the couples who attend receive scholarship assistance, thanks to our donors. Simply put, without donors, we cannot do what we do. I want you to consider one more thing. Most or all of the organizations and causes you might give to are what philanthropy experts would refer to as downstream philanthropy. Imagine you and several friends are standing on the banks of a river as you begin to notice several people floating by as they struggle to keep from drowning. Your natural instinct, and rightly so, would be to jump in and start rescuing them. But if more and more people kept floating by, struggling for their lives, eventually somebody is going to consider going upstream and attempt to prevent what is causing all these people from falling in the river in the first place. Downstream philanthropy is staying downstream, focusing on the symptoms instead of the cause. Upstream philanthropy saves time, energy, and resources by tackling the problems at their source. A recent study showed that a conservative estimate is that a single divorce costs us taxpayers an average of $30,000. This is largely due to the fact that children of divorce are much more likely to be involved in many of the things we donate to preventing or subduing, such as teenage pregnancy, poverty, hunger, substance abuse, crime, emotional and psychological disorders, incarceration, and subsequent divorce, further perpetuating the cycle. So you see, it would be difficult to find a better bang for your donation buck than contributing to Growing Love Network and supporting this podcast as well as the many other ways we are turning this tide. Take a moment and ask God if this is what you should do right now. If the answer is yes, hit pause and go to growinglovenetwork.org and click on the donate button. As a way of showing our appreciation, We won't continue until you hit the play button. Well, for some people, it seems pretty easy. For some, it seems pretty hard um, to think of seven days in a row. What's some of the hardest things about doing a challenge like this?
2: Well, I think... You know, from a logistic standpoint, a lot of couples will attempt the seven days of sex challenge just kind of on a whim. They'll be like, Well, I heard about this, let's do it, let's start tonight. And the reality is, is that each one of us has a very full life, Mm -hmm. and so we often tell couples, Plan it right, look at your calendar and say, When's a week that we can actually commit and we're not going to add things to the calendar that week? Because let's face it, if you've got, you know. TTA meeting and sport event and something at church and something for work and you know you're getting together with friends five nights in a row what like how late you know, most of us get tired at the end of the day right and yeah. so you want to be you want to be strategic in planning that you want to
1: can i can i bring up an example yeah. right like right now when we do it we will do this we will honestly pull out our calendars and go what's happening and make sure it's a week that there isn't a lot on the calendar Right now, this week, while we're doing this interview, this wouldn't have been a good week. We've mm-hmm. we've gone out with one our one of our kids is up at summer camp. Um, and because of that, we've been able to meet up with some friends that we haven't been able to. So I think it's three or four times we're, we're meeting with people in the evening or in the morning. It, it's just we're getting meetings in and everything. This wouldn't have been a good week. I mean, we have friends leaving the house at 10, 1030 or 10 o'clock, 1030 at night. Mm-hmm. It's like, read for three, four minutes, and I'm out, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been a good week. Right. Yeah, you so, would not have had success. So schedule it so that you can have success. Look at your calendar. If you're going to travel, don't set it up on a week where you're going to travel for three out of the seven days. It doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah.
2: The other thing that scheduling allows you to do is we all know that women have cycles. Right. Right. And so planning mm-hmm. around, there's an excellent book out there by um, Tony Weschler called Taking Charge of Your Fertility. And she has this yeah. whole chapter on a woman's cycle and when she is most receptive to her partner. And it's, uh, you know. So take advantage of that. It's the week around the ovulation. you got it, John. Yeah. <laughs> In all honesty, not only do we, you know, block off a week that we don't have a lot of obligations, but we always look at the week that I'm going to be most receptive. Why? Because if my, I've got heightened arousal as the lower desire spouse. He's like, let's just set it up when I know, like, this is the week. Right. And so you look at that and you're like, okay, right.
1: Success. Success.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. If you want to definitely want to plan. Now, um, I would imagine there's some people that would say, well, planning just takes all the
1: spontaneity
0: out of it, it, and that's no fun. What do you you have to say to them?
2: Well, first of all, we hear that almost every single time we mention the seven days of sex challenge. Um, And what I would say to that is for most of those people that say spontaneity takes all the fun out of it, how often are you having spontaneous sex? Right, because for most people,
0: <laughs> right. that number
2: is not nearly as large right. as they wish it would be.
0: Yeah, I just right. prescribed to a couple that was having sex about once a month. Um, and this is one of their issues. And, and the wife was actually, I'd, you know, it'd be easier for me if it was planned. Mm-hmm. Then I can start preparing my mind throughout the day. And, yep. and the husband was like, no, I want spontaneity and said, so, okay, you're going about once a month. Uh, what, happened, what would happen if you went four times a month? You're both telling me you want more sex. Um, so what if, what would happen if the wife, if you planned, you told your husband at least 24 hours in advance, Hey, we're going to do it on this night Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and I'm going to be ready. And then the other two times a month, you're ready for the husband to just, you know, spontaneous. So, um, I think that's what a lot of people you know, yeah, like you said, if, if I'm not, if I'm the one with the high libido and up, but I'm wanting spontaneity, um, Hey, and I'm not getting hardly any sex. I'd be going, Hey, at least I'm getting sex here. you
2: know. Well, and, and here's the thing when you start to like over the seven days, you know, if you know, you're having sex for seven days. Okay. You don't know what time of day you don't necessarily know how your partner is going to initiate. You don't, I mean, there are different rooms, Position. good grief. We have how many rooms in our homes? Pick a different yeah. room, pick a different position. You can still have the seven days blocked off on your calendar. Mm-hmm. But like when we wrote our book, Seven Days of Sex Challenge, we didn't just write, you know, it wasn't seven pages that just said have sex today. It right. each day had a theme mm-hmm. so that you could be thinking about something different instead of just being like, well, you know, it's nine o'clock and it's dark and the lights are off. Well, you know, it must be time to have sex. No, who wants that sex life? No one.
1: All right. You can change it up.
0: Did you ever try the Mickey Mouse theme, Mickey and Minnie Mouse theme? haven't heard that. No, I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm trying to be (laughs) funny. I'm
2: like, I haven't heard that one.
1: Not us. We don't like Disneyland. I'll say that straight (laughs) up. I don't like Disneyland. We live in Southern California and all my friends, or a lot of our friends seem to go all the time. We're like,
2: not a Disney fan. Not
1: not us.
0: Yeah. So, well, um, this has been great. Uh, I'm sure there's, tons of questions that uh, people are having as this comes There's, I, I've got a lot more questions, but where can, uh, is there a s- source that we have that you have that uh, can iron out some of the other questions people might have about this?
1: Yeah. I would say, you know, if you're interested in anything we've talked about from the seven days of sex challenge, 60 days of sex challenge, or learning more about the one extraordinary marriage show, just go to one extraordinary marriage.com. You can contact us there. Um, and, and you can dive deeper. We talk about this topic in many different ways, uh, be it the podcast or articles. We have our book, Seven Days of Sex Challenge, as well as that you can pick up as thousands and thousands okay, of others. I'm sure
0: that has a lot of uh, other questions answered in it too.
1: Yes. Yeah. And, and people just love it because they can pick it up. You know, you talked about, hey, what's a fun way to to share it? I mean, Christmas time is big and so is Valentine's. A lot of people love picking that thing up and Here's a little gift under the, the Christmas tree or as a Valentine's day present. That,
0: that could be one way of, of asking your
1: spouse. Exactly.
2: To, exactly. <laughs> okay. A little exactly.
1: different than chocolate. Yep. <laughs> so just come <laughs> to <1x3> <laughs> com. All
0: right. Oh, I have one more question. Yeah. What, what do you think about baby steps approach? Like, uh, let's say you're talking to about a couple that's the, one of those once a monthers and, and they both know it needs to happen more. Uh, what would you think about it? Let's try a three day sex challenge.
2: You know, I am a firm believer in baby steps because if we look at, if we look at anything in life, right, a baby does not, is not born able to like walk and run and do all these kinds of things. It's all of these little baby steps to have success down the road. So if you're looking at this in seven days is just like, oh, that's just too much.
0: For either one of you.
2: For either one, Mm -hmm. it's fine, but commit to three and then give it a hundred percent, both of you Mm -hmm. for those three days. Do what is, and you said it earlier, um, do what's within your power Mm -hmm. to make that successful. And when you both approach that, then your three days will be extraordinary.
1: That's right. Yeah. And you're going to have success. And then when you come back to it, maybe it opens up that conversation, the emotional side, right? The conversation. Now, Now we've opened up that area so the one partner feels much safer, right? And now because you've had sex for three days in a row, you're more up to talking about your sex life like you've never have before. Mm -hmm, So maybe you're able to ask a couple of questions on the 19 quick questions that we shared earlier. Each one of those is success. Elisa and I, where we are today is because we've taken baby steps nine years ago, little by little, we've had success and we keep building on that success. And we've seen it for many in the one family. She's seen it with many of her coaching clients it's one day at a time and not every day is perfect. Believe me, listen to our show. You'll, you'll hear, we have seven and a half years of us doing life.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, one more question. Then. Go this for it. Just, just popped in my head. Um, so let's say you both agree. Yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to uh, jump in full feet, uh, both feet f- full force and we're going to do the seven day and, um, you get to day five and one of you just is like, no, ain't mm-hmm. happening not tonight. What, 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 would you, what would you advise the other one to do in that
1: situation? So we've had a number of couples go there and, and get to that point. A block happens. Something, something happens. And there's one couple in particular who we love. And they've gone through this. And the wife was beating herself up over this thing because she's the one who said, no, not tonight. And what I shared with her, I said, listen, you completed five you completed five. There's success there. Mm-hmm. You guys, whatever may have happened in that moment, you, you, you got to release it, right? Yeah, say yeah. you're sorry. Apologize wholeheartedly to your spouse about it. Say, hey, I really did mess up at that moment. And in that mm-hmm. time, doesn't mean I'd love you any less or anything. I messed up right there. And I'm taking, I'm taking responsibility for it. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the times what we want to do is we want to blame it on other people and other things. And, and sometimes yeah, yeah. our spouse just wants to hear us say, I'm sorry. I messed up Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'm taking accountability for it and let's look at our calendars again and let's make this happen. Yeah.
0: Maybe next month we can sh- shoot for six.
2: Right. Right. And, and you look at what is the victory that you've accomplished. I think so many couples get focused on failure right. and on what went wrong instead of saying, you know what? Okay. We were shooting for seven, but like you said, maybe we're only having, se- we've only been having sex once a month. So right. seven, seven may have been a little audacious.
1: Right. And yet we got five. We
2: got five. Right. Let's,
1: let's clap and let's cheer that on. Right, right. And, and again, I think sometimes the, the spouse who does say no, you just got to be truthful with your spouse and, 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 and say sorry. Yeah. We, we mess up. I, I remember just even a, a couple of weeks ago, Elisa and I got into a little head-to-head and it wasn't about the seven days of sex challenge or not something. I love
2: how he says it was little. It was not so little. <laughs> it was,
1: we weren't having a good moment. But it was my, it was my issue, John. It was my issue. It wasn't hers. It wasn't the kids. It wasn't something else. It was my issue. And so after a little stewing and just being able to, to realize that I had to come to Elisa and apologize and said, I'm sorry for what happened. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Many of us don't do that. Many right. of us will stew for days and days and days right. knowing that we're the ones that caused the issue. And even in my place I was like I just need a moment but when I said that I was sorry we were able to reconcile in that moment we were able to give each other a hug and a kiss talk about a little bit and release it and let it go yeah and it's not to be talked about again and in
0: my experience if I've been in a if I've been in an argument with my spouse 99 times out of 100 I've done something wrong in that argument that even if I think they're more in the wrong than me, I I still have something that I can search and go, Oh yes, I can ask for forgiveness for that part. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And we have to be able to do that in those moments. And like Elisa said, celebrate your victories, folks. There's enough coming at us in our marriages. Celebrate those victories you're having, man. If you got out for a date night this month and that was your goal, praise God, man. Enjoy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, Tony and Lisa, this has been a great joy. I think uh, this is going to help a lot of people. Uh, let's figure out something else to talk about in the future. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Or maybe they, or maybe we get enough people with more questions. We might have to have a uh, part two of this with more questions answered.
2: Absolutely. Sure. Yeah, if
1: they want to okay. email them in to you and, and, and we can do a like a rapid fire down the seven days of sex challenge questions, we'd be honored to do that for you.
0: Well, anything coming up that uh, you want listeners to know about?
1: Man,
2: When's no, your next
0: seven-day challenge? Do you have it scheduled yet?
2: We don't have it scheduled.
1: <laughs> um, we need to get this one on because our boy starts football here soon. At <laughs> yeah,
2: the start of the school year, we have to kind of wait just to see where the dust is going to settle because yeah. um, as we're recording this, our kids are about to start school. Right. You know, we're in a place right now where you know, we've um, opened the Position of the Month Club, which is a resource for couples to like monthly- be encouraged in their not just their sexual intimacy obviously with a name like position of the month club we are we, talking about different positions
1: we do give a position paper every month but it's to awesome. be
2: encouraged each month in different facets to really stretch themselves so it's not just kind of like well i read this no pun intended <laughs> exactly see that's what happens right. but um folks can learn more about that at position of the month yeah but that that's really what we're working on right now as we head into uh, into the end of this year
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for being on with us. Thank you. And I I hope and expect this will bless a lot of people.
1: Thanks a lot, John. Really appreciate it. Thank you.
2: Relationship Rewire is produced by Growing Love Network.
1: Growing Love Network exists to revolutionize relationships for lifelong love. You can find us on the web at growinglovenetwork.org. We welcome your feedback on this or any of our episodes. Send us an email to relationshiprewire at gmail.com.